0: Welcome into this five clubs conversation. I'm Emma Carpenter and I'm joined today by a very familiar face in the golf world. She's a former top amateur golfer, golf broadcaster, content creator, podcaster, philanthropist, and personally, one of the funniest and most entertaining people I've ever had the pleasure of hanging out with. This is Hallie Ledbetter. Now, Hallie has done so much in the golf media space and she will continue to do so. I'm so excited to chat with her about everything that she's done and all the places she's going, I know you're gonna enjoy this listen. Five Clubs conversation is brought to you by Golf Pride. Golf Pride knows that a grip isn't only a grip. It's the one piece of equipment in your hands on every single shot. And you might not know it, but it has a huge impact on your game. In fact, Golf Pride recently conducted a first-of-its-kind study showing the impact of worn versus new grips. It showed that, on average, a focus group of adept golfers gained an extra two yards of carry when they played with new grips. So what are you waiting for? Refresh your grips, refresh your game. Visit GolfPride.com today to learn more. Golf Pride, respect the grip. And with that, I welcome in Hallie Ledbetter. Hallie, thank you so
1: much for joining me on the pod today. Oh my gosh, Emma, thank you so much. It is really my pleasure. So happy to be here.
0: Well, Hallie, like I have mentioned, the podcasting being just the tip of the iceberg in what you do. Before we get into everything that you're doing right now in the golf and media space, I wanna talk about your relationship with the game of golf. You've got a famous name, but you didn't get into golf until you were 13. Your mom played college golf on the LPJ Tour. Your father, David Ledbetter, is one of the most famous golf instructors of all time, having coached huge names like Nick Faldo, Greg Norman, Michelle Wee, Lydia Ko. I think it's safe to say that you were born into a golf family. So what was your
1: relationship like
0: with golf as a child before you started playing competitively?
1: Yeah. I mean, to be completely honest, definitely didn't find it interesting when I was younger. I was really into, so I grew up with two brothers. Um, I'm in the middle and, but I, my dad's, brother had two daughters so um really and they were you know just super cool maybe seven eight years older than me and they did competitive horseback riding they were show jumpers so I really wanted to be like them and so that's the direction I went for a very long time I mean again I always had a set of clubs but never wanted to never had any interest in whatsoever in practicing and maybe occasionally I'd I'd go to like a junior clinic in the neighborhood but you know, I was just there for the snacks, honestly. So, um, but ultimately, yes, yeah, so I was really into horseback riding, uh, did that competitively up until I was like 13, 14. And that's when I think Emma, it was, it was a combination of, you know, seeing my brothers get really good at golf and, you know, being the only girl. And again, my parents being really into the sport, my parents never, ever pushed me. I think sometimes people, we'll assume just because, you know, like everybody in my family plays golf. They're like, oh, so your dad must have been like really into you playing. And I'm like, no, he was definitely pleased when I took an interest in it, but by no means was he like, this is something you have to do. And the same for my mom. I think because my parents, I mean, both my parents, my mom played professionally in the LPGA and my dad played on European tour before he you know, got into uh, teaching full time. So they both really know the ups and downs of golf and were very much just like, if you want to do this, we're here for you. But if you don't like totally cool, too. So um, that was really nice to have that. But yeah, I kind of just got sucked into it, I think, because my brothers were getting really good and I was like, huh. That actually looks kind of fun so and then i uh you know joined the the golf team when i was i think i think seventh or eighth grade i wasn't on the high school team and had some i I think i shot like 47 or 48 to get like the fifth spot to go to state and i was like let's go um yeah it was it was definitely um not something that i jumped into immediately as a kid even though i definitely grew up around the game i mean golf was just, that was just the, the universe that I lived in, even though I personally didn't, you know, find it interesting or want to partake. It was always, you know, tour pros at my house that my dad was teaching or, you know, sitting in the cart on the back of the range as my dad was teaching or hanging out with my mom. So yeah, golf was always around me, but I personally didn't really want to play much until I was like 13 or 14.
0: Yeah. Wow. First of all, what good parents. I mean, the yeah. fact that they're really passionate about something, but it makes so much sense that they were, of course, excited when you got into it because you can share that passion. But For I mean, sure. at the end of the day, it's important that we do what makes us happy and what we have an interest in. Yeah.
1: I think so. if they would have pushed me, I would have probably gone the opposite direction. So right. I'm very happy that they just, you know, were patient and we're like, whenever you want it like it's here for you um right. but you know not something that we feel like you absolutely need to do so so that very happy that they did that for me
0: totally totally people are probably coming up to you all the time like were you born with a
1: seven iron in your hands yeah i and you know it's funny i did always have a set of clubs and when i was younger actually because i'm left-handed and my little brother's left-handed too and uh, i left lefty and everything but um, I kind of was like lefty and then righty and then lefty again. <laughs> so growing up, I was just like, you know, ping ponging back and forth equipment, did not take it seriously. Um, so yeah, I, I, the, the clubs were always there, but I kind of was just like, nah, I'm good <laughs> for, for most of my childhood okay
0: you beast switching back and forth lefty and i don't think it was
1: because i was talented in both ways Emma. i think it just happened to like suck a little bit less left-handed
0: oh please please no it's actually one of my favorite go-to's to be like maybe i'm just a lefty maybe yeah maybe. i know
1: i actually played a joke on my dad one time i thought it was hilarious i you know how on an iphone You can take a video or a photo and like flip it so i took my righty swing is like as you know most people's other swing is like very awkward and unathletic looking so i (laughs) I I know where this is going (laughs) i took my righty swing and i flipped it to lefty and then sent it to my dad and i said just things feel off i can't quite and he wrote me back like literally two paragraphs and was like i've never seen it in that position like gave me all these drills to do and i was like that is not my goal. that I'm kidding. That's not <laughs> literally just like dink swing. <laughs> and he was like,
0: oh my God, what happened? <laughs> he was probably like so nice about it, but also just like stunned. Yeah, like, I know. He, he he called me and he was like, thank God.
1: <laughs> He's so like, funny. we had some serious work to do if that all of a sudden went your golf swing. So that's so funny.
0: I've done I've done the opposite where I took a video of myself righty and then like flipped it to make it look lefty because it was oh. like, on the camera. And, and I posted, were like, "Oh my god, oh my gosh, this was like, this was like, got to be eight years ago." And I posted it like, "Oh yeah, just kind of working on the lefty swing for fun." <laughs> people <laughs> are like, "Oh my god, it's oh so my funny. god." I mean, you just switch. That's yeah. So funny. I mean, it's not great, but good for not being your
1: dominant side. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh yeah, then people be like, "Keep working at it." You're like, "No, that's legitimately my golf." <laughs>
0: Yeah, no. Imagine if people just started being like, "Yeah, like you can tell you're not used to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it looks a little awkward. You're like, no, that's my golf." That would be so tough. Also, funny to hear you mention um, just being surrounded by golf overall, which is what what you would expect for sure. I know you've been you've described growing up in a golf bubble, as you yeah. called it before. Is it true that you thought the morning drive was the news?
1: I did. I did. <laughs> I think as a little kid, like I did. And that's why, I, or maybe I knew that, you know, there was news, but like this is what we watched and like this was what it was important. And I, in terms of, I mean, again, because that was just the world that I lived in. Um, and I think it was really eye opening for me when I, after college, like I moved to New York City because, you know, obviously playing golf in college and, and again, just kind of being in that world. And as you, grow up, you realize that there's more to life than golf and way more important things than golf. But then when I moved to New York City, that's when I started taking like comedy classes. And you know, in that world, or really any other world besides golf, people are like Ledbetter, that's a weird last name. Like no one's like, oh my God, like, are you related? It's just like, weird name. And so when I would go to these classes or, you know, just meet people out in the wild, they'd be like, what do you do? And I'm like, I work in golf. And they're like, how'd you get into that? <laughs> like, why? <That's- laughs> and then I'm like, oh, no, like, you know, and then I attempt to maybe explain a little bit and and it was just really interesting to me Talking to these people about, you know, I'm talking to lawyers and doctors and people in sales and beauty industry and everything, and I'm just like, oh my god, like we are such a small little bubble, (laughs) even though it seems like a very big bubble sometimes. I'm like, there's so there's so much more out there (laughs) than than just like the golf industry, (laughs) which sometimes I forget, (laughs) even now at 31. (laughs) Totally.
0: Oh my gosh, totally. Well, especially. I remember there was there was one time randomly in college where I was like paying attention to like every single person that I kept in touch with in uh-huh. <laughs> like for the last month. And I was like, I think one or two people that I've talked to don't play golf, like talk right. like, like just my whole world being this sport. And yeah. like, yeah, exactly. When I was in high school and I was playing golf and some people were like, oh, isn't that sport for old men?
1: Yeah. 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 You're like, Oh, and then you, it's fun. Yeah. Even like, I remember I was in New York city one time at this, it was, uh, it was a party at 30 rock after an SNL filming and it was so cool. And, you know, I met the person that took me there because of golf because that's again, golf is like the greatest connector, but I met this woman and she's like, what do you know? Asked me like, what do I do? And I was like, Oh, I work in the golf industry. And she's like, that's like golf. That's kind of like a bougie sport. And I was like, how dare you no haven't you heard we're cool now um, but it's like put it in perspective and i was like oh like we have made so many strides yeah. in i guess the perception of our sport but we still got a long way to go yeah. <laughs> as yeah. well so, um, so true. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah hey lady aren't you you know yeah um the, rock? Golf yeah. Is the, the
1: latest Eastside golf uh air jordan drop <laughs> that's on you <laughs> Did you miss it yeah yeah that's yeah, yeah. so funny that's
0: very true though we yeah. have come a very long way. Women's golf has come a long way. we're definitely <laughs> a little bit more of that Also want to mention I think Gary would be really happy to hear that you thought the morning drive was the news
1: <laughs> right yeah yeah I know I mean I you know let' I think I had a pretty like good perspective on what's going on in the world because my dad's from England and he's very in tune with you know like, international discourse and that kind of stuff. But in terms of like waking up in the morning, 6 a.m., get ready for school, get in the car by 7 a.m., like the morning drive was on. So yeah, I would be watching that as I ate breakfast. And I was like, okay, I'm up to date on all my, uh, you know, backstopping or whatever the hell that's going on in golf that everybody's fired up about.
0: <laughs> you, you had it completely dialed. You knew exactly what was yeah, going on. Yeah, I knew. Yeah, I was in
1: like fifth grade. And I was like, that is we a hundred percent should not allow that
0: <laughs> just all all fired up about the rules of golf
1: yeah yeah no, like, yeah
0: exactly that's awesome well so moving forward you know you said you grew up with all that when you were picked up golf when you were around 13. that was mm-hmm. the same for me i started playing competitive golf when i was around 12. but okay, nice. ended up playing for arkansas yeah yeah before transferring to rollins how right. was your college experience with college golf at Arkansas
1: yeah I mean it was awesome I was there for two years and I think a lot of times people think like if you transfer you may have regretted your initial decision and I don't regret my initial decision at all I think going to Arkansas was like such it was such like the the right place for me to be right after right after high school I mean at the time like I very much wanted to pursue professional golf I needed to go to a school where there were incredible facilities. And again, because I, you know, 13, 14 was, you know, I, I wasn't shooting in the like seventies until I was in like 10th grade, really like high mid seventies. So I really had like a lot of catching up to do. And I knew that I wanted to go to a school that could help me continue, like basically help my just get better quickly because I needed to make up time if I wanted to play professionally. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I went to Arkansas. I got so much better at golf. Like I, Shauna Estes Taylor and Mike Adams, like we're just incredible coaches. And I, I got so much better. Um, I ended up transferring to Rollins cause I wanted to be a little closer to a home. And I think at the time was when I, my mind started shifting in terms of like, maybe I don't want to play professional golf. Maybe I want to just like, you know, I, I, was very passionate about media and, and that sort of thing. So I was like, I decided to transfer to Rollins and it was the most difficult decision I ever made. Like, it was so hard. I remember it was like worried sick over it. And, but it was like really the best decision I ever made. And um, going to Rollins, like coach Julie Garner was amazing. I mean, we, and then I finished my senior year there, my fifth year um, and we ended up winning a national championship, which was kind of like a just cherry on top of like, again, just Uh, I felt like I could sort of like repay Julie, Coach Julie for, uh, you know, taking a chance on me and letting me uh, go to school there. Um, And I just made like the best lifelong friends. And that was the time actually when I was kind of encouraged to explore my other interests outside of just actually playing golf. Like I, uh, I started doing a college radio show and, you know, pop over to the golf channel occasionally and... Um, just kind of explore the other opportunities that would be, you know, around the game if I didn't end up on the LPGA tour.
0: Yeah. Gosh. Well, I, I absolutely love how you say that you wouldn't change anything about where you started and where you finished. I mean, no, it's it's that. all part of what makes you who you are and what teaches you so much. I think that's wonderful. That's so true. There's there can be kind of a negative stigma around transferring and what it for means for sure. oh, men. You must have been super unhappy where you were
1: or, yeah. yeah that's so, and, yeah. I mean, you could only, I mean, four years is a, is a, especially in that part of your life, right? Like you're, you're such a, I mean, we're hu- human beings. We're changing every single day, but especially in that 18 to 23-ish you are really being like, all right, like, who am I? What do I want out of my life? and so i think it's really important to be like hey you might make a decision out of out of high school get to a place and like learn some things about yourself and be like huh you know what maybe i should go i need to go somewhere else and like finish this collegiate journey and that doesn't mean sure and i have friends that have had horror stories and they're like i gotta get out of here and that's why they transferred but i don't think people I I don't think transferring necessarily means that you initially made a bad decision. It just means that like, that's not what's right for you anymore in that moment. And you need to, you know, go, go on your way. So um, yeah, I'm still like close with, with, with coach Shauna and Mike, and they obviously have the most incredible program with so many LPGA players coming out of that. Stacey Lewis, Maria Fossey, uh, just so many incredible players and I Gabby Lopez and I got to, you know, see Gabby Lopez, last week at the or two weeks ago at the LPGA Hilton Tournament Champions and you know kind of joking with her and I was like look at this Gabby who would have thought like me playing you know I used to hit balls with her and she'd kick my ass every time we qualified <laughs> but I was like look at this Gabby having to not playing in an LPGA event with you and it was just, yeah. <laughs> so funny um, but it's cool you know I can still be around these girls that I you know I wouldn't say necessarily competed against Gabby because she. Kick my butt, like I said. But, um, you know, compete, especially like junior golf, like Gemma Driver, uh, we got to play together in that LPGA event. And that was like such an awesome experience because in high school, like we were pretty competitive. We practiced together for three years at IMG where I went to high school. And now she's a winner on the LPGA tour. And it's just really cool to see her like steady rise to the top and then getting able to, you know, to be able to cover her progress and to have some insight into how hard she worked. Like I'm so, so happy for her. And then vice versa, like she sees what I'm doing and it just feels like, okay, like this was, you were meant to be there and I was meant to be here. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, I love that so much. And I'm so excited to hopefully have, well, I know I'll have a similar experience in watching so many of the girls that I've played with and competed against just rise to the top of the golf world and yeah, it's so fun and, and
1: they'll, and they'll watch you do the same in, you know, in the media space. And it's really cool to be able to be like, look at us. How cool. <laughs> you know, it's, it's really fun. It's really, really fun.
0: Yeah. I've, I've played same with you, played with so many talented players and competed against so many talented girls and having this podcast that I do getting to chat with all these girls still in college while they're picking up college wins and, and, doing what they do in amateur golf at the USM, all of it. It's just, it's yeah. so neat. It's so cool. And yeah. it's so much fun to continue, continue on with it and see where, oh, yeah. you know, 100%. So, you know, you mentioned you start college wanting to, to be an LPGA tour player. Can you pinpoint exactly when that vision changed for you?
1: Yes, actually I can. It was after my sophomore year, I had, so I had had a really difficult time qualifying for, uh, for tournaments. And, and so I think it was a combination of two things. One, I genuinely, genuinely might have not been good enough, but two, I also was just like so nervous that I might not be good enough that I never just like, let, like freed it up and like, you know. God forbid the best I could shoot that day was like 75 or 76. And I missed out by one. Like I never even allowed myself to do that because I would be so nervous. And I'd shoot like 83 or 84. It's like, who even knows if I could have qualified? So I ended up like, kind of going through this like shift of my relationship with golf. Like I decided that I really didn't like golf anymore. And in a weird way, telling myself that like freed me up because I was like, I really don't care about the result anymore. Like I'm total. And then uh, because of that mindset shift, which I actually realized wasn't so much me deciding that I didn't like golf. It was deciding that like, basically like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to tie my self-worth to the score anymore. Like I I basically tricked myself into saying that I didn't like it, but really it was, I'm just going to, be fearless out here and just like freewheel it. And then I had this incredible summer where I won the Southern Amateur and I got to the semis of the Western Amateur. And by the end of the summer, I was a 10th ranked amateur in the world. And I was like, that's weird. (laughs) And I had so much fun playing golf because I was just like, woo. Um, And then, you know, and then I ended up transferring to Rollins and I had a very, very difficult time like practicing really hard and like, Basically, it's really difficult, as as you would know, like to put ninety five, ninety nine percent of your blood, sweat, and tears, time, and energy into something, and not have it be that exact amount of your self worth. <laughs> so, so I basically that's when when I went to Rollins, like I started doing the radio, and I started, I was on like I was like the golf representative for the student athlete advisory committee, and I started doing all these other things that I was like, oh maybe golf doesn't have to be just who I am. You know, like it doesn't, if I shoot 75 or 76, like that doesn't mean like I'm worthless, you know? So I started exploring all these other interests of mine. And that's when I started realizing like, oh, maybe this is actually something that I love just as much as golf. And I think that, you know, for me after college, I didn't turn pro for like five, six months. And then I was ultimately like, this is not the lifestyle that I want. You know, again, I I love golf. I love competing. Like I got my amateur status back just a couple months ago and it was actually hilarious because I postponed it for such a long time because I was under the impression that it was a very long and arduous and difficult process. I Emma, it took me 7 minutes to submit the form. 7, <laughs> minutes. <laughs> seven minutes. And then I texted my friend at the USJ and I was like, "Hey, like, can you check in with the like you know amateur whatever department and then he's like sure and then he sends me a screenshot of a text and they they go uh yeah no reason why it shouldn't be an immediate reinstatement and i was like oh my god i was like i'm so embarrassed i put off this thing for two years because i was like it's gonna be really difficult and it was basically like how much money did you make in a pro and i'm like five hundred dollars like literally <laughs> no money so um so but i think like it was a combination of basically allowing myself to explore other interests and then after college being like i love golf i think it takes a special type of person to live this life i have a lot of friends that do and they love it and it's wonderful but for me i think i was just simultaneously just as passionate about like the media path and entertainment and and comedy and that sort of stuff so I think it was it's kind of was like over a year where I think it just it just goes back to like even when it when we talked about transferring and like saying that your mind might change and just not not I, I don't know why we like I I felt guilty when I when I felt my heart shift like I was like you have all the resources in the world like your mom played in the LPGA your dad's David Ledbetter you've got the equipment you've got the facilities like why don't you want to do this and I'm like I, I just don't want it. I don't want that for myself. And I it took like a good couple months for me to be like, that's okay. Like, it doesn't mean that the last couple years, everything you put into this game, that it was a waste by any means. I think that's another thing. A lot, I mean, we am sure we have a lot of friends that play collegiate golf at a high level, and they're like, "Well, what the hell am I supposed to do? I've just spent so much time doing all this, and I didn't have time for internships because I was playing all these amateur events over the summer." And it's like, "Sure, you might have to, you might have to go do an internship. You might have to, uh, you know, take a take a job that you feel like you're overqualified for, or like maybe you're." 26, but you know, you're around a bunch of 23 year olds, but I guarantee you, like, the cream rises to the top. And because you were a collegiate athlete or maybe professional athlete for a little while, like, you have all these incredible skill sets that these other people that didn't spend time doing that don't have. And then also, the fact that golf is like your superpower do you know the amount of people like? I have no business talking to, or th- or maybe I don't have anything in common with. But then all of a sudden they're like, "Oh my god, you play golf?" And then that's all they want to talk about. And you're like, "All right, cool. Just made a new friend." So I think you know it was a, it was a definitely like a process of me over time accepting that I might have other interests and I might be cut out for something different, and just allowing myself to be like, "That's okay." Like just because your mind, just because you thought three years ago that like you wanted to try to be the next Anika Sorenstam and now you don't that's okay you don't need to like just your your dream can evolve and I think that especially in that late teens early mid-20s time like you need to be open and like give yourself grace and allow yourself for the for the dream to evolve and not feel like you owe anything to your parents or to your coaches or to, you know, whoever, just because you're like, I put so much time and effort. And that was my goal. And it's like, goals change. And that's totally fine. Like you're allowed to to shift and think different things than you thought a couple of years ago. Hallie,
0: I could not agree more with everything that you just said. If all of that could fit on a pillow, I would have that, <laughs> I would have that on a pillow. <laughs> like I, I, just could not agree more. I couldn't relate more. Also, golf will always be a part of who I am. You know, I would love to work in golf media. It will always be a part of who I am. It's Always going to be a part of who you are. And we're fortunate to have that. Golf is such a special game. It's such a special sport. Everything, all the work that I've put into being the best golfer that I can be is absolutely not for nothing. Right. Also, point blank like period, the pro golf lifestyle just isn't for everybody exactly Exact same as you you know having like similar to i feel like your shoes when you were in college i've discovered some other passions as well that i and a lot of it aligns with golf and that's wonderful but it's kind of interesting for me too once i started doing some more work in uh in media in broadcasting in content creation I it freed me up on the golf course as well. When I came in as a freshman, I was like, you know, I stayed busy with my my music, my singing, my golf, my other sports, whatever. I'm gonna see how good I can get at this one thing. I wanna see how good I can get at golf. Mm-hmm. And then it was like very quickly, I was like, So you mean to tell me that if I go out and I don't play well, I
1: just like feel terrible or, or yeah,
0: yeah then- it's
1: tough. And I really admire like I never could quite crack it. Like how to, you know, like, you know, my friends that are out on tour and literally as professional athletes, their entire life, whether it's what they're eating, they're working out, their recovery, whatever revolves around performing the best that they can on a golf course. And I could just never quite crack how to do that, but simultaneously be like, but I'm also a, a friend and a daughter and uh, whatever else. And so for me to play my best, like I had to have other stuff going on right. because I needed to be able to walk off the golf course and be like, I got to, I don't know, uh, I got to go plan a school you know, athlete mixer or something. I don't know. Like I needed to have that or else I was just going to sit in my room and cry about my 78, you know?
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. totally. well, and yeah. I mean, I completely agree. It takes a really, really special person. I've got so much admiration for everyone who's out there chasing it, the pro golf lifestyle. It's not easy. And it's, I mean, it's really, really special what everyone's trying to do. I mean, yeah. like if you really want to, get down into the math of it the amount of people that are are doing that the amount of people that are succeeding and it's just i mean it's so remarkable it's so impressive and no matter if someone is the greatest golfer of all time whatever it is they there's always more to them than golf you know like that's something that we all have to oftentimes be reminded of even the people who did choose to pursue pro golf like i said amazing so impressive so much admiration there's so much more to them than golf. You're right. I mean, a daughter, a sister, a friend, yeah. so many other passions, so many. Yeah, other- whatever hobbies
1: they've got for sure. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So they'd have to, you know, probably work at reminding themselves of that when they miss a cut or, or have a bad day on the course. Right, right. It's, it's a
0: game at the end of the day, right? Yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly. It is? Wait, what? Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. So
0: you mentioned the radio show that you did. 5 a.m. on Mondays at Rollins. You got to fit into that college athlete schedule,
1: right? Yeah. I mean, luckily, my golf coach was just so supportive of Julie, Coach Julie Garner, of me kind of like pursuing and, you know, exploring other interests. So yeah, 5 to 7 a.m. we would do this radio show and, you know, then I would sprint across campus to make like team workouts at around like seven. So I'd be like, seven oh three. I'm sorry, I'm late. But she was super supportive, which was which is awesome. But no, that was kind of where I got, you know, a little bit comfortable in terms of like having a microphone in my face. And then I would, you know, because also like who knows. I don't know who's listening at five in the morning, so it was great to like you know you could just screw around, and I did it with my friend Spencer, um, who was a pitcher on the baseball team, and he actually lives out here in LA now as well, and he's peace uh, pursuing acting, so you know very different than than baseball, but just a super awesome guy, and we would invite um, our other you know fellow student athletes to come in and interview them, um, and then you know we ended up working our way I think to like a. 12 to two time slot or like a 1 to 3 time slot which is kind of like the prime time and we'd go in the Rollins is a super small school it's like only 1800 undergrad so basically like a big high school um we would go into the like student union cafeteria and ask the the staff if we could like change the radio to the school radio station so then we would sit in the you know go then run back over to the Facility and um, and like do, basically like broadcast our show into the student union, which we thought was like hilarious. So it was really really fun. Very very fond memories.
0: That's so awesome. So he's an actor now. I know you did some acting classes. You've got a passion for acting. I'm a theater and acting nerd through and through. I was yeah, oh my god, awesome, big time, big time. So oh, I, I love totally, that. Totally relate to you on all of that as well.
1: You it's know, so much
0: fun. it's, oh my gosh, it's so much fun. It's so much fun. And you've gotten to do, which we're going to get into here, lots of sketches, skits, so much fun stuff that I just think is awesome, hilarious. But first, I mean, I just want to say one of the things that I really admire about you is that whenever you're on camera working with other people, you can tell that you make other people so comfortable. And that is a real, it's a real talent. It's
1: a real something special. Have you heard that before? You know what? Actually, somebody told me that a couple of weeks ago. And so I really appreciate that. Um, I, you know, this is like weird and probably like TMI, but as a kid, I was bullied a lot. I was a really overweight little kid and I, I don't know why, but like ever since then, I've always made it like, I just know what it feels like to feel very uncomfortable. So I've always, whether it's in a social situation or in a, you know, a camera situation, uh, you know, on camera situation, I always do try to go out of my way to make sure the other person feels accepted and heard and seen. So, and sometimes to a fault, like I had a habit that I've since kicked mostly, but I do like a lot of like, you know, you tr- try to give people affirmation. So I was like a very big like verbal affirmation. So if I'd be interviewing someone, I'd be like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I had to, and then I'd hear it back. And I'm like, you can't say mm-hmm when you're trying to catch a sound bite. So now I've pivoted to like extreme physical affirmations, which is just like a lot of nodding. <laughs> but basically, no, I do, um, I don't think it's anything that I've consciously thought about only until like the last, yeah, maybe like a month ago, someone said that to me. And I was like, Yeah, I've never really thought about it. But I do think because I've had a history of feeling, I guess, like a fish out of water and just not liked or, you know, for whatever reason, that I've always tried to make sure that that because I I, I can understand that it can be it can be scary. And I think sometimes, when you you know when you do a lot of on camera work, you forget that most people don't. <laughs> so having a camera on them can be a little uh, scary or intimidating. So a lot of times too, especially if it's not live, like I will usually talk to the person ahead of time. Even even if it is live, I'll try to talk to him ahead of time, but just be like, listen, like I got your back. And if it's not live, I will emphasize like, this is not live. If you want to, if you want to you know, say it one way and then you don't like the way you said it, feel free to say it again. Or we, you know, we can do as many takes as you'd like. And if it is live, I just really try to emphasize that like, I've got your back and, you know, everything's going to be fine no matter what. So, so yeah, no, I really appreciate you saying that. Um, I guess it, yeah, hasn't really been like a conscious thing until recently um, where I've been like, oh yeah, I guess I, I I do try to do that.
0: Well, I tell you what, Hallie, it says a lot about you as a journalist, but more so it says a lot about you as a person. And I think it's part of the reason why. It just shows that you're born to do what you're doing, you know, that people want to work with you. They like working with you. And it really shows through. So oh, you're so, so sweet. Really Thank you. <laughs> oh, my gosh, of course. Um, so after college, post-college, you worked for Golf Digest then for PGA yep. Tour a little bit, then back to mm-hmm. Golf Digest right now you stay so busy with all of the media, the content creation. You have a podcast. You're in the pod game as well. You do mostly with Michelle. We, I know that Michelle, uh, worked with David as a young player. You two became close friends. How did you and Michelle come up with this idea to do the podcast together? Yeah.
1: So we had always wanted to do something, uh, together. We, you know, growing up, she would at the time you know when she was playing on tour working with my dad she was based in jupiter florida and i was over on the west coast in sarasota so i'd go over there and practice with her sometimes um and then she ended up moving to san francisco and i was living in new york city and then there was this sort of magical year and a half two years yeah i guess year and a half where we both lived in la and we're like all right we got to do something together because we have not we've just never got to do anything or we really wanted to so yeah so we came up with the idea of golf mostly because one it actually kind of coincided with the time that i was becoming a freelancer and starting like the next chapter of my career after you know i was full time at golf digest and i still do a lot of work with them but was kind of opening up to do more broadcasting and that kind of thing and then michelle was retiring so it was kind of like all right what's a what's you know, this is a new chapter for me, new chapter for her. We can talk about all that. Also, um, you know, we had so many incredible guests, but Michelle in itself, like every podcast is essentially like an interview with her. And she's such a fascinating person and has so so much incredible insight and a lot of stuff that she had never shared before. I had never heard her say. So it was really cool to be able to facilitate that if you will. So, um, so yeah, it's been really fun. We did uh, we did two seasons of that with our scheduling. What we kind of did was kind of batch them and record like 12 in like two to three weeks and then release them weekly. So we did two batches of that. um, And then she actually just moved again. So now she's a little bit further away from me, which makes a little bit more difficult, but hopefully going to be bringing back golf mostly in some capacity um here soon but I'm actually starting another podcast next month (laughs) uh yeah I guess breaking news I I haven't even told anybody this breaking news I'm honored honored. I was like why not might as well yeah so I'm actually building a podcast studio right now in downtown LA and I'm going to be doing a weekly podcast with my little brother who is a very funny guy he um played professionally for a couple years just had double shoulder surgery so kind of we're coming back from that but he teaches golf and he's doing stand up comedy so he's very funny and we have a great rapport so we're going to be doing that uh starting in mid March so pretty excited for that That is so awesome
0: congratulations yeah. Thank you. we're excited, we're excited. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to be
1: when is the, when's the first episode going to be released I think we're we're aiming for second or third week of March. Right now, I am I just got the table for the podcast. That was a, whew, I got this awesome table, Emma, and it would not, I thought it would fit in a Jeep. It would not fit in a Jeep. Then I, I called a Uber XL and I was like, listen, I'm gonna try to fit this table in the back of your car. Wouldn't fit in there. So then I had to get a U-Haul just for this literal tabletop that was like two inches too big to put in a regular car. Um, but it's so worth it, man. It's a great table. So I'll, I'll send you a picture of this table. It's an excellent podcast table. <laughs>
0: At least you got that going for you. I mean, the table,
1: yeah. the table, exactly. really it's a fabulous didn't table. Very excited about it. Um, didn't, so, yeah, fit, in we're,
0: tape, didn't fit in the Uber XL. I'm no, like, I'm I was when's, my, when's my lease up? I might as well move. <laughs> I
1: know, seriously, honestly. Yeah. So, but no, so excited for that. That's, uh, just, you know, honestly, just building out the studio right now and we've got all the cameras and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I'm, I'm really pumped to to do that with him. And honestly, it's just, it's more of just like, I just really wanted to do something with my brother and I wanted to, to do, you know, with Michelle again, hopefully we're, you know, going to bring that back in some capacity, but much more of like a heavy on the interviews, very much evergreen and loved, love, love doing that. Um, but this is going to be much more like you know timely what's going on in golf this week and you know that kind of thing so sure. excited um, a new, new new venture so it'll be fun. So
0: awesome it's coming out in mid-march so that means i'm going to get to listen to the your podcast as i warm up on the range yeah there you go there you go <laughs> perfect perfect yeah your podcast with michelle it's so awesome so Thank real you. so on so with fun. it uh, so there is going to be season three coming there we're is. hoping
1: yes yes tbd on timing but yeah, we've, we definitely are going to bring it back in some capacity eventually, for sure. Awesome,
0: awesome, awesome. So something else that you do with Golf Digest, you have your On The T Series. You've had on Jim Nance, Nick Saban, DJ Callit, Macklemore, Russell Dickerson, yeah. Herbert, Max Homa, Reggie Bush, so many more, so many more. You have such a variety. How do you go about choosing these
1: celebs? That's a great question. So, you know, I've obviously got, like, we've got a, like a master list of like all our big time, you know, pipe dream of guests. So it's not a matter. I mean, it, it it's not a matter of so much choosing them as like what works for their schedule. I mean, a lot of these people have, you know, incredibly insane schedules, but a lot of them want to do it because they love golf and they just want to talk about their love for golf, which is great. So um, it, it, it kind of, you know, ebbs and flows a lot of times. I mean, sometimes we'll it'll be like, hey, so-and-so can do it in five days. And it's like, shit, all right. So let's, we got to get things going. So we have kind of like a master list of guests that we would love to have. And then we just try to basically keep in contact with their team. And a lot of times it will be like, not right now. So-and-so's touring or like, you know, they're busy. They're taking time off right now. Please circle back in X, Y, Z. So it's kind of like having this master list and then having to be on it in terms of like, just following up and making sure that you're at top of mind. And then also a lot of times like the agents maybe don't, they're like, why would my client do this? And I'm like, if I guarantee if you ask them, like they'd want to do it. (laughs) So, so um, yeah, it's like, it's a combination of like working with our talent team at golf digest. And then simultaneously just time, you know, it might be as simple as like a DM and, and from the golf digest accounter. it's, it's, it's kind of like a funk, there's no like, set way to get these people on it's very much like what how can we be strategic and try to get a yes and then make it as easy as possible for them and meeting them wherever, wherever. it only takes like an hour um but it's really really fun to do and it's just really cool to see how many different types of people love golf and they want to talk about it and and you know you ask them about their own careers and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But golf, <laughs> you know, so it's, uh, it's so fascinating to me. Um, and it's been really fun. I've met so many, uh, yeah, really interesting, cool people and I've gotten to hear like how they've gotten to the game. So yeah, really, really enjoy doing that.
0: That's so awesome. That's so cool.
1: I feel like we've totally, we, we've
0: interviewed and chatted with so many people who were really who are competitive golfers who are um, trying to play at the highest level possible. So, I mean, being able to play golf with some of these people who are so successful at their craft or, you know, so well known in something separate, some some golfers on there as well, but then talk about their passion for golf and you know, how they see the game and everything. It's, that's so awesome. That's so cool. What's
1: your favorite, on the TV that you filmed so far? Ooh, I mean, I, they're all so fun, but I'd say one that sticks out. Well, DJ Khaled was amazing. I love him. He was just like, talk about like passion for the game. That was just awesome. Um, I also really enjoyed the Jim Nance one was really special one because it's just Jim Nance, but it was on five. Was it on uh, six, seven and eight at Pebble Beach? um Which was just like, like that, and that was my first time ever playing Pebble Beach. So I was like, I think I'm good. Like I don't, I think I don't think it gets better than this. Like getting to play these holes with Jim Nance, having him like commentate, like you know me, but then also commentate himself. It was amazing. So I say that was super memorable. And then I also got to play a couple holes with um, Amanda Valionis Runner, who's like one of my very best dear friends, and. I just always enjoy talking to her in any capacity but it was really cool to you know talk to her about her journey and to into how she got to where she is and you know her her love of the game you know very special relationship with her dad and yeah it was it was really neat to do that one too.
0: Yeah, her story is so cool. Gosh, so many so many amazing on the T videos for all you 5 clubs listeners if you have not somehow not seen the on the T series, go check it out. It's so neat. Well,
1: something so else. We just got picked up by Max, by the way, which is exciting. So HBO Max, now known as Max, you can check it out there, which is which is cool. So <laughs> go do it
0: asap, asap. So Hallie, something else that you do, another series. You're better off with Hallie Ledbetter on Golf Pass. Yeah, so cool, so funny, absolutely hilarious. Thanks. I love how a lot of them you talk a lot about the issues and the stereotypes that women face in the industry. The, the video of the all women's golf club is one of my favorites. Oh my gosh. I've watched it more than once. It is so fun. (laughs) That one is so (laughs) fun.
1: Thank you. That was so much fun to make. I mean, that was, I, I mean, all of that stuff was so fun to make because it was me along with, um, Two women, one by the name of Aliyah Clark, who is a really good um, mid-am player. She played golf at UCLA. And then my friend Kate Scarpetta, who's a TV writer, she played golf at Princeton. And then we had Forrest Shaw, who's a stand-up comedian. So we got to do you know Zooms for two weeks straight. Three weeks straight, um, you know, a couple hours in the morning, a couple hours in the afternoon, um, and just come up with these concepts and just spend like hours laughing and refining and refining and refining, and then got to shoot all this stuff over a couple days, and it was just like the most fun I've ever had, and it was, you know, it just makes it so that in itself was such a rewarding process to watch it come to light, but then also to have people be like, oh my god, this is so funny, or to see it resonate with people, um, just like made me so so happy. <laughs>
0: Totally. Oh my gosh. Well, the process of it all is just fun as is, getting to do it with friends as well. And um, it was
1: so accurate. So accurate. (laughs) accurate. (laughs) It made me really happy. Like, I I think I was talking about this to somebody the other day. They're like, oh, like, you you know, it's, uh, were you like, what were you trying to do with that? And I'm like, listen, like, yeah, it's meant to be funny, right? At the end of the day, like, it's a joke, it's a parody. However, I think that humor, And, you know, humor is a really great tool to use to sort of force people to reflect on themselves in a non like uh, in a way that's like not attacking them, because I think that a big issue or, you know, a big roadblock to when you're trying to have people maybe examine their own behaviors that could be problematic. I mean, even myself, like I am I say things or, you know, do things and I don't even, I don't even realize that I maybe, hey, that could be offensive. And so I think it's important to sort of examine our own behavior, but that can be really difficult because people assume that like, if, if somebody points out like, hey, Holly, when you said X, Y, Z, like, You may have wanted to say people assume and maybe even I used to assume that like you're trying to say that I'm a bad person and I did it on purpose. And it's like and I think that's natural as humans to be like to be immediately get defensive. So I think humor is a really great way, especially in golf, because you've got a lot of men that are like, I'm not sexist. Like, how dare you say that? And it's like, no, no, I'm not saying that you're doing what you're doing or saying what you're saying because you're a bad guy. Like I no. just genuinely, like I would, ju- you know, so here's, let's just flip the situation on, on its on its head. And like, maybe you put yourself in our shoes and be like, oh, how would I feel? Like I would feel a little awkward if somebody said that to me, or I would be a little strange if there was just like a random room that I couldn't go in, you know? So I think that, that it's just a way to like just, flip a situation on its head and then let people examine their own behavior for themselves and then make a change if they feel like they need to, as opposed to being like, this is messed up and you're wrong. So it's, you know, it's a nice Avenue to be able to like make change, but in a, in a, maybe a softer way, as opposed to like, you know, pointing the finger.
0: Yeah. So t- I totally agree. I was just about to say, you don't want to feel like you're pointing fingers at people. And the truth, cause the truth is that just, Honestly, especially just women in golf, women in sports in general. Geez, the world is constantly evolving. There's so much better that we can do in so many different areas every single day. It's not like just – the women having dealt with a few sexist things on the golf course is like the
1: only issue but oh no not at all not at all it, it's there. more I mean, so just like you know a small microcosm of like the larger picture totally,
0: totally and it's the kind of thing too where when something might seem small and it's kind of normalized and men do it all the time you would never really notice but then like when it like the script is flipped it's like yeah, that is a little weird, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly. So yeah, and even as women, like we're just like, that's the way it is. And it's like, eh. <laughs> so yeah, no, exactly. I think that um that it's just a way to be like, huh. That yeah. would be strange if it was the other way around, wouldn't it? <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. just just something like it's like just, you know, things to chew on, just food for thought.
0: Totally. And sometimes it takes seeing it in a different way to, and in a way that's also hilarious to being like, oh yeah, huh? I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah." exactly. exactly. Definitely. Definitely. So Hallie, I mean, all the things that I've mentioned and so much more that you do on a daily basis, your schedule is so insanely busy. What do you like to do on your days off of work? If there even are any days off of work?
1: Oh, that's a great question. Uh, sleep. Let's see. I like to sleep. I like to hang out with my dog. I'm getting married in September. So Uh, planning a wedding, um, which is, which is really fun. Um, Yeah. So, and I also, I mean, I really love, I mean, why I moved out to LA in the first place is because I love entertainment and comedy. And so I love to go to comedy shows and, you know, there's so many actors and comedians that love golf. So getting to go, you know, support some of my new friends and in their ventures, and then getting to play golf with them. Honestly, I probably play golf for fun now on it i mean so you know it's not really because i don't get get an opportunity to do it too much that's that's kind of like a, a release for me in a way just be able to go on a golf course and even like you know put my phone on my bag not create content just like play golf <laughs> is is a is a big um is, is is just like the most like meditative thing for me to be able totally. to just be like i'm gonna try to shoot a score Granted, it might not be a very good score but there's something about like getting your mind in that state and and not having to worry about like, hey, guys, play a hole with me, which I love doing. And I have, you know, it's great. But there's something about like playing golf, like no phones and keeping score. And I just it's like the most relaxing thing to me. It's stressful, but it's like relaxing because it like shuts off the other part of the brain. You know, totally. So, well,
0: when you're a public figure, I mean, and you put so much of your life on the internet and out in the world, it feels really cool to be able to do something for yourself, to be like, I'm playing golf and I'm doing it for me. And And I
1: don't have to tell anybody that I played golf today or show anybody that I played golf today. But I think, and you know, you know, you know that too, like with social media, the way that is, I mean, we could go on for hours on this, subject. but you know, it's such an incredible tool to connect and essentially have like a living resume of everything that you're doing, Uh, and you know, yes, you need to post about what you're doing and golf is a huge part of what I'm doing and what you're doing. So it's important to create content, but it's also nice to like, get back to basics and be like, golf is not, it's not about necessarily creating content. It's about like trying to get the ball in the hole. So sometimes it's nice. Again, like I, it's, it's nice to some, I I'm very lucky. Sometimes I get invited out to these, you know, nice golf courses in LA and they're like no phones. And I'm like, Great. <laughs> you know, like awesome. <laughs> like, so, oh, Miss
0: Ledbetter. Ledbetter. We know you in that phone, you're gonna have to put yeah, it away. I, I know
1: exactly. I, <laughs> yeah. Actually, we made a sketch about that. One of them was there's a golf there's I mean, there's a million golf courses all around the country that are like that. We're like, no phones, no phones. But we did a sketch where like I think horror I put film? A picture Huh? The horror film? Yeah 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 i posted a picture and it's like oh my god like the world is ending and some of these courses are like that and i'm like that also i mean again could go on for hours about that too where i'm like relax like it's a piece of grass with a pin in like who cares i don't know it's so funny to right, me. right
0: no the, the best is how your friend is like hey shouldn't you not be posting that you're like what are you a cop yeah
1: <laughs> oh, Margo, margo's So Margo, that's another like, that's been so fun about this journey. Like Margo's like a legit actor and she scared the crap out of me when she like got possessed in that video. <laughs> She's like very, very good. So it's cool to be able to work with people like that. And she herself is like a hugely avid golfer. So it's been really fun to like meet new people. Through that's this so whole, awesome. Kelly, that was what I was going
0: into next about you getting married soon. Oh my oh, god! yes, so Exciting. I remember, yeah. I don't know if you remember this. When we first met, you were like kind of
1: newly dating him and you were telling I you. So. Yeah. That was yeah, that must have been like almost three years ago now. Yeah. Billy, he's mm-hmm. the best. Love him to death. Um, I hope so, or else it'd be strange I was marrying him. But um, <laughs> yeah, he's he's awesome. He himself is a very avid golfer. He played college golf. He, I mean, he plays more golf, like he plays a lot of golf. A lot of golf tournaments. Like, talk about someone that like likes tournament golf. This guy's playing in like the California Midam whatever whatever tournament. So, yeah, flying to call He's from Colorado. Like, flying back to Colorado to play in like the state, the you know the the city county amateur thing, and it's he's great. Like, it's awesome. Blinded. Like, oh my god, he's uh, yeah. We're so we're moving next week to a new house, and um. It's, it's we're right now we're in a, a condo that's great but we're gonna have an extra room in this other place and he's like all right we can put a net here and, it, and i'm like sure okay sure yeah oh
0: my gosh totally <laughs> yes. so golf. grinder
1: honey before him like i would much rather have dated somebody that had nothing to do with golf over someone that was like obsessed but he's obsessed in like a good way you know not like oh my god like the master's like that's all I want to talk about. And he's just like he very much himself like he's like a student of the game, if you will. Yeah. You know, just, like yeah. loves to practice and get better and that kind of thing. So it's fun.
0: Totally. That's so awesome. Well, a huge yeah. congratulations to you. That is so exciting.
1: We're excited. Well,
0: before I move into our wrap up few questions here. What's what's the future for Hallie Ledbetter, 2024 and beyond? Oh, yeah. Well,
1: great question. 2024. Um, gonna be trying to do more uh more comedy sketches for sure with that same group of people. It won't be through golf pass, but we're just gonna do it independently. Um, and then obviously this new podcast with my brother, which is super exciting. Um, yeah, more on the T's and probably just trying to do like uh really kind of double down on, you know, the comedy and the in the interview stuff um and then yeah we'll see kind of what what comes from all that so I'm I'm very excited very excited about this year it's gonna be it's gonna be fun amazing I'm really excited for you too so you think that you will stay
0: in the in the golf space for the foreseeable future
1: yes yes for sure for sure you know it's funny I I was talking to a friend of mine who is like a legitimate comedian and it's like a couple years ago when I was still living in New York City and I was like should I move to LA and like become an actor and she's like no like don't do that <laughs> like um and again not to say that i don't love golf because i do and i think I, even the stuff that i when i write i was like literally everything i'm writing is golf related and she's like write what you know like this is actually heather mcmahon i'm not sure if you've heard of her she's like super yeah the hilarious comedian yeah. um but she's like write what you know and so i think that for me was like a turning point because i was like i've been in this you know people are like how long have you been in the golf space I'm like well, I'm 31. so Thirty-one years. <laughs> and so, like, I have a like a, you know, I have a lot of golf knowledge. I, I love the industry, and so for me, I think being able to combine those two things of what I love, which are entertainment and comedy, with my passion and knowledge for golf, that's when I was like, and I when I was like, okay, this is what I'm meant to be doing, at least for the foreseeable future. I mean, what I potentially love to eventually move beyond the golf space and do like you know more acting more comedy for sure definitely open to that but like right now i'm very much loving like the space that i'm in and there's just an endless amount of opportunities for golf because golf is just so ripe for comedy so i'm very much like excited to just kind of like really double down on on what i'm doing I completely agree. I completely agree. What you're doing, bringing
0: more comedy into golf. And I mean, I just think it's so awesome. And you are just at the forefront of all of that. It's so cool to watch. I'm excited. I'm excited. So with all of your talents and everything that you've done, given that you've done so many things in the golf space, in the media space, what is something that you thought that you wouldn't be good at, but you tried it and proved yourself wrong?
1: Oh, that's a really great question. Um Okay, yeah. So, I got to do a couple months ago, I got to be an on-course commentator for the Walker Cup. And yeah. I originally when they were like, what role like do you think? And I was like, I could definitely do post interviews, like done a lot of that. Could definitely be in the booth, done a lot of that. And then I don't know why, they're like, here are you we're going to put you in the one role that you didn't mention. <laughs> and I was like, so, um, which was, so at first I was like very nervous, but it was actually like one of those things where I was like, I was pretty decent at it. Like, I was like, Oh, this is really fun. Like definitely get your steps in. I mean, ran, you're, you're like, running out there. Um, but no, definitely something that like, I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't, I don't think I can do this. And then I did it. And I was like, Oh, I'm pretty good at this. Like I'm, I'm actually pretty good. Like, you know, you're trying to provide insight into what people at home may not um, may not be able to see with the naked eye, whether it's that's the wind or something with the lie or, you know, what angle they need to be coming into at the pin. And I think, you know, having played a lot of golf like yourself, like that's something that just comes pretty naturally to me. So something that I was like, I'm just, that's not me. Like, I can't do that. I've never done that before. And so as much as I was kind of like dug my heels in a little bit, I'm really glad that they threw me out there because I was like, I can do that. Awesome. So yeah, I'd say definitely that sometimes, even if you're like, I don't, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Like sometimes you just, you got to do it and hey, you may not, it may not be for you, but you don't know
0: until you try. Totally. That's so awesome. it's so awesome. I feel like anybody who's in the media industry, you're just going to try a lot of different things. And yeah. I kind of for me, I originally always wanted to be a sideline reporter. And the, when I started working a lot here at school, started calling play by play. I started really liking play by play. So that's never something that I saw myself doing, but uh, you know, we're, I'm going to try to go for it and continue with uh, some of the other stuff that I'm up to. And I just feel like there's, that applies not just in the media industry, just life in general, you know, you can have an idea, but you never know until you try, like you said, and what life is all about is, trying things, learning
1: what you're good at, learning what you might've had a passion for that you didn't know you had a passion for. Exactly. Exactly. Just being like open to possibilities. And I think that's been just even over the last couple of years has been like a really interesting, challenging Is Like golf is so linear, right? Like I can tell you right now, like we probably in high school golf had similar, we similar goals, right? Like get a college scholarship, win a national championship, go to the, be on the LPGA, try to win it a major, whatever. Like it's very set up, like in terms of like what your goals should be. And we've all sort of decided what goals should be. But when you get out of golf, there's no set path, like out of sports. It, and it's all up to you to make that path for yourself. And that path might wind and shift. And I heard this, and I'm just like, I've always been like very, like, I need to have goals. Like I need to have a path. Um, and I've been recently getting a lot more comfortable with like focusing on like short periods of time, because I read this quote that said like, I don't know, it's probably on Pinterest, but it said like, life is like a hike, right? Like the view changes when you start walking. And that's something that I think that like, you might not 100% know what you want, especially at this point in your life. like You, you might not know what what you even want in five years, but being able to be like, I have a I have a feeling in my heart i've got a direction it's kind of foggy over there but i think that's where i need to go so i'm gonna follow that path and i'm just gonna make like yearly goals monthly goals and not put too much pressure on yourself to be like i need to know what my five-year plan is because it's like you don't even know what kind of technology is going to be out remember when i was younger again i thought i wanted to host the morning drive morning drive doesn't exist anymore how would i host the morning drive you know so i think again just being open to possibility and allowing yourself to like just be in tune with like what lights you up inside and like going towards that and not having to be so rigid. And I just think, you know, again, golf is very rigid. So being able to like, it's okay. Like, let's try some things out. Let's just, you know, be a little bit more fluid and and sort of just like not floaty because you want to have direction, but just being open to, you know, to, you, to your point, trying different things.
0: Totally. 100%. Also, Hallie, who cares if that quote was on Pinterest? All right. It was truly- <laughs> I, I got a whole
1: board of like, when I'm having a bad day, I'm like, my inspirational Pinterest board. <laughs> Just scroll through the Pinterest board. Just scroll through, honestly. I'm like, get well, that going.
0: Get that going. Not, we'll yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right. Well, perfect note to start to wrap things up here, Hallie. I got our five clubs, five questions for you Let's here. Let's do it. We'll wrap it up. Thank you so much for your time today. Oh, my so, pleasure. It's so fun. First question, tying in multiple of the sketches that you've done here, okay? Okay, yes. I want to hear your power rankings from best to worst of these three types of dudes. First, a guy who cheats with his buddies at charity events. Okay. A guy who uses iron head covers. Okay. And never not use iron head covers. Okay. Three, a guy who's a part of a golf couple who's just like so competitive for no
1: reason. Okay, I'm gonna go. Okay, so best, to worst, best or to worst. like okay, best to worst. Okay, so I'm gonna go with the competitive guy because I feel like he might be like pretty normal off the course, right? So okay. I would just choose not to play golf with him. I have had friends like that where I'm like, You're a pretty cool dude, like, but we just have on a golf course. I'm like, never again am I playing golf with you. <laughs> um so and then- sometimes. Yeah, and then two, so yeah, maybe I can hang out with him off the golf course two iron cover guy listen i respect that he wants to take care of his clubs would i ever do it absolutely not but you know you do you maybe you it's your first golf club you ever bought you saved up a lot of money and you just want to keep him nice like sure fine um yeah and then absolute worst is the cheaters like we cannot yeah. have absolutely right. not. that is against the integrity of the game that is the absolutely worst person
0: Sure. it's so wrong it's so wrong I, I love how i love how the competitive guy could be normal off the course he could be normal with, for but sure the guy maybe not no
1: yeah <laughs> well, it's funny i mean i played with a lot of guys where i'm like you are not my mom said this to me all the time as a kid and i get really mad at her but she was right and but it does apply to like the majority of the people in like professional golf like you're not good enough to get mad like yeah. What? Who do you think you are? <laughs> like you're making this so awkward for everybody.
0: Stop. <laughs> no, right. No. Back to how we were talking about self worth. Like yes. Uh, me, I play golf with some of my other friends who are athletes who don't play, and they just get so frustrated. They're athletes used to being good at sports, right? They get so frustrated, and I'm like, yeah. Imagine doing it every single day, like working at it every single day, and then yeah.
1: struggling. <laughs> and then you get out there, and I find myself like, like they've got a four footer, and I find myself like praying that they make it because I don't want to have them get mad and then make like screw up the dynamic of the group and get awkward and weird so I'm like if you just don't be that person like if you're just be cool like this isn't you're this is not the masters this is just a casual round of golf like it's fine. You're not a professional. So that's always like my biggest pet peeve is when people get really mad and I'm like, you're not good. <laughs> and no one is good. So please stop. <laughs> I can <feel> be like, the-
0: <laughs> so like rooting for people to play well because of how frustrated they get. Like, yes. Like- I'm like, dear
1: God, please hit a fairway. Please hit a fairway. Right? Oh my God, please.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, second question What is your go to karaoke song?
1: Ooh, my go to karaoke song probably um anything share related anything wait what is the share best best hit share check this here yeah (laughs) uh probably share if i could turn back time i do love share like sometimes in the morning if i got like a stupid early wake-up call and I'm like, I don't want to get out of bed. Like I just blast Cher and she, she helps me awaken from the dead. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Singing love
0: dancing. Uh, Hallie, do you remember when I challenged you to a dance-off after Tisha's birthday party at Golf?
1: I do. I think <laughs> I was probably intoxicated. <laughs>
0: <laughs> at least I'm smart enough not to challenge Tisha. <laughs> yeah, I did that. That was,
1: that was very bad. That was bad. There's footage of that somewhere. Tisha said
0: that she's gonna she's gonna rent out Top Golf for the the dance off. You and I. Oh, okay, okay, perfect. Um, that'll be we'll that'll get be that great.
1: We'll, we'll get it that on the
0: calendar. It might be yeah. same week as the wedding. Um, oh, okay, perfect. <laughs> 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 All right. Question number three: What is something about your golf game that's
1: better now than when you played competitively, and something that's worse? Ooh, okay. Um. Definitely don't hit as many fairways uh, anymore. But that
0: seems like a ra- like a fairway finder, and you're on the tee.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, it's. Well, okay, maybe I know. I definitely don't don't hit as many fairways, and I don't hit it as far. Not that much shorter. Like pretty pretty like less off, less distance off the tee. Um, but my short game is like stupid good. Like. <laughs> Like almost to the point, like when I played in this LPGA event and it was 6,600 yards and I'm like, there's a lot of hybrids for me. Like, and, and I was talking to my friends on LPGA, they're like, it's a lot of hybrids for us too. I'm like, good Lord, like this is so long. Um, but I, you know, I'd kind of like boop a driver out there, get a hybrid somewhere on the green. And I was like low key embarrassed about how much I was getting up and down to the point where like some of the volunteers were like, this is a, you have the best short game I've ever seen. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I and like I'm playing with Gemma Driver, and she's like, oh my God. I'm like, I don't know. Kelly, you have no reason
0: to be acting that way around the greens when like the short game would be the first thing to go. Like I know how- that's what
1: I that's what I can't understand. Because everyone's like, it used to be the first thing to go. And now, I mean, like No's like these super nippy tight surfaces. And I will say that as my specialty is this like super nippy tight chip that I just have always been able to do. And I literally just like zzz, zzz, nip it to like four feet. I'm like, par, bye. <laughs> it's like, I had no business getting up and down as much as I did, especially because I do not practice. And I was just like, this is so crazy. I'm going to be on you're, the next
0: You're <laughs> just putting these nasty low spinners. And yeah, this nasty low
1: nippy, like closed face 60 degrees. And I'm and like,
0: <laughs> I know what you mean too, about how you like feel bad. Because it's like, yeah, I, it's- I was like, I'm in
1: this well yeah i was like i'm embarrassed <laughs> that i'm literally getting up and down this much. That is hilarious. Um, yeah it was it was funny all
0: right number four so you and michelle asked steph curry this question and i thought it was a super fire question okay who would play you in
1: a movie oh oh jennifer lawrence or emma stone i think oh i love that for you i love, I love that. that for you those that's so true I they're both them. like so super much. super cool girls I so sometimes, cool. sometimes people will be like who do you like who yeah who do you like on the on the t and i'm like jennifer lawrence and emma stone. i don't think they play golf but if they if they if they're listening to five clubs i hope they <laughs> if you guys ever want to get into golf i'm here for you
0: jennifer lawrence emma stone <laughs> if you're by chance listening uh,
1: I will be your personal golf instructor.
0: There's your formal invitation. <laughs> They're both really 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 cool girls. That's an awesome They seem the best. Yeah. All right, final question. Where's the coolest place you've ever played golf?
1: Oh, wow. That's a great question. Um Cabot Cliffs was amazing in Nova Scotia. Um and then so I'd say that's probably like the coolest place, but like the coolest day I've ever had on a golf course was I got to play I mean, these are cool places too. But um, I got to play Carnoustie in the morning and St Andrews in the afternoon, oh. and then it was like a pretty wild day. I was just like, "This is insane! Like, this is not normal." So that was that was probably like you know just the home of golf and St Andrews. You just can't you just can't beat it. It's just. Have you been there yet?
0: No, I haven't. Oh,
1: I'm up. We should do a girls girls golf trip to St Andrews. I'm I am so in. It is it's insane. So fun. I'm so. <laughs> <fun>. <laughs>
0: gosh that yeah that that's that's on the bucket list that's wow what a day that's amazing Mm -hmm. well Hallie thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today this has been a ton of fun I really really appreciate your time I know you're so busy
1: and oh my gosh Emma I mean and I know I've told you this before but I'm just like so impressed with you and you are gonna be an R such a shining star and like you remind me a lot of myself in the sense of in college, hustling, and I just know you're going to be you are so successful, but you are going to continue to be so, so successful. So say I appreciate you. I'm very flattered that you wanted to talk to me, but um, I know I'm just you know so proud of you and you're going to you're just going to keep crushing it.
0: Oh, my gosh. That means. So much coming from you, you have no idea. I can't wait to hopefully continue to maybe do some more things together. I
1: know, yeah. Well, I bet I. It's. I mean, listen, this. Yeah, we're gonna work together in some capacity for sure. Oh my
0: gosh, I can't wait. It's like it's a dream come true, come true, dream come true for me. I just I think you are so awesome.
1: Oh, and vice versa, the feeling is mutual. And thank again, thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun.
0: Thank you so much, Hallie Ledbetter, for joining me today on Five Clubs. It is truly amazing everything that Hallie has done for the game of golf and will continue to do. So keep an eye out for Hallie Ledbetter. She is all over the golf industry. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in today, and we'll see you next time on Five Clubs.